Hi, and welcome to the Confessions of a Homeschooler podcast. I am your host, Erica Arndt. In these podcasts, I'll be sharing all of my favorite homeschooling, organizational, and parenting tips, and answering your questions as well. Hi, and welcome back to the Confessions of a Homeschooler podcast. My name is Erica, and today we are going to be talking about teaching multiple grade levels all at the same time. It's one of the biggest challenges in homeschooling, I feel, but don't worry, I know it can be done. I've been doing it for about 12 years now, and today I'm gonna be sharing some of my top tips. So as most of you know, we have four children. They are currently in fifth grade, eighth grade, 10th grade, and 11th grade. So I've been teaching multiple grades for quite a few years now, and I know it can seem a little bit overwhelming, but with just a little bit of prep work and hopefully some of these tips, I'm gonna encourage you to that you can also make it work. So my first tip, and this definitely helps when your kids are a lot younger, um, is group work. I definitely suggest trying to do as much together as you can to save time. It makes teaching a little bit easier because you're teaching one thing to multiple kiddos, and then they're all kind of working on the same thing together. That said, I know that we have multiple grade levels happening here, and so how I do that is we'll teach one lesson, but then I'll expect something different from them based on their age level. So obviously my fifth grader won't be doing the same level of work as as one of my older students. Now I will say that this concept works a lot better when you have younger kids. I would say elementary and down, even up into sixth grade. Uh, we did a lot of things together. For example, my expedition earth geography or road ship geography was great to do as a group. So some subjects that I think are great for group work are history, social studies, science, um, art, Bible, music, things like that where you can really kind of do them more as a group and they're a lot more fun to do as a group as well. We did a lot of science experiments together or for my uh, expedition earth and road trip we did a lot of fun activities, building projects, recipes, and things like that. Anything you can do in a group environment like that is really helpful and I think it makes learning just a little bit more fun. We also used to do calendar time together when they were little. We sang all of those fun days of the week and months of the year song. We did the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, We marked the days on our calendar. We did a lot of counting. And anything you can do like that with littles, especially in a group environment, is a lot more fun. As your kids get older, I really do think it's more important to stay on grade level for certain things. Core subjects like math, English, reading, spelling, a lot of times... Uh, academically or maturity wise kids just aren't quite ready to do that as a group with older kids so I do think there are some subjects that lend themselves more to the group activities um, and then some that kind of still need to be done independently but that's just my opinion obviously you can do whatever works best for your family but if you do have littles and you can do things together as a group I highly recommend it So it is a bit of a balancing act, and one of the things that you kind of just have to get used to and trial and error type of thing is how to get through helping everyone at the same time. And so what's kind of worked for us is if I know a student needs my particular help or if I'm going to be having to teach them a specific lesson and it's just for them, I'll make some time to sit down with them one-on-one and make sure that the other kids are working on something that they can do a little bit more independently. That way I can focus on that one child. And then once we're done, I'll move on to the next one and the next one and the next one. And it's kind of like a little round robin where I'm going around bouncing from person to person, but it's a little bit of a controlled chaos. So the other students who are doing their own work at that time know they just need to wait for me to finish helping their sibling. And then once I'm done with them, I can come over and help them. It kind of helps teach everybody patience. And it's just something that's kind of worked for our family. Um, And it does just take a few minutes to kind of get used to it for everybody. 
The other thing that used to help us when they were really little is we all worked at one big table. And if you look back at some of my blog posts, you can see our desk setup. And it was my very favorite setup to date. We had um, two big Ikea tables and they were kind of pushed together and everybody sat on one side of that giant square table. You could do the same thing in a dining room setting or whatever. But anyways, everybody was at the same table and it was really easy for me to stand behind whoever it was that was needing help, help them and move around that table efficiently and quickly and be able to help everybody. It also allowed me to teach a group lesson all at once because we were all kind of right there at one table. Now that our kids are older, they prefer having their own desk areas. We're all still in the same room, but everybody has their own desk and they're kind of working at their own pace through their own subject and that works just fine as well. So I think it kind of needs to be flexible based on the ages of your kids. I think when they're younger, keeping them all in one spot is fine. Um, And then once they get older, they may want to have their own area to work. So just do whatever works best for your family, but that's kind of something that has worked for us. The other thing that's really helped us out is something called the Workbox system, and I did not come up with the system. It was designed quite a few years ago, but we've used it for almost as long as I can remember. And when we very first started, I used those crafting trays that you can get at like Joann's and Michael's. They're plastic trays all in like a little rolling cart. And I would put one subject in each tray. And as my kids worked through the day, they would pull out the tray. It had everything in it they needed for that subject, whether it was paper, pencil, scissors, workbook, whatever it was. They would get all those supplies out to do that activity, put them back in the drawer, and then put it on the ground. And they would just pull those out as they went through their day. And that That really helped them visually, especially when they were younger, see what they had to do for the day. And it also helped them visually see what they had accomplished for the day because as their work drawer emptied out, their finished pile grew. And so it was just a really good visual reminder for them. The other thing that that does is it stops all the whining and complaining or even just the uncertainty. What do I have left to do? How much more school do I have to do? And all those questions that you get, it really kind of just got rid of that because it was all right there in their drawers. They could see everything they needed to do. They were in charge of how long it took them to get through those drawers. Um, And that just really helped them out. Now that they're a little bit older, if you've seen my schoolroom, you know we have an Ikea desk set up and they each have a set of drawers. They now have two subjects in each drawer just because my subjects only hold, uh, there's only five drawers in our setup. Um, But they do something similar. Now, instead of running from the top to the bottom and pulling their drawers out, they're just going through and getting their supplies out and out of their drawers and putting them back. So it's a little bit of a different setup. I don't care what order they do their school in. They are welcome to choose what they would like to do for their day, just as long as they get it all done. And then, like I mentioned in one of my other podcasts, we do something called a daily wrap-up where I meet with them one-on-one for 10 to 15 minutes, and we just go over all of their work for the day, make sure everything has been completed, answer any questions they may have. I grade anything that needs to be graded. And then we kind of have a whole sense of accomplishment done for that day. They know they're done with their work and they can move on. And that helps me be able to kind of facilitate having four different kids doing four different things all at the same time. And then there's always the independent work. There's no way to get away from doing independent work, in my opinion. Now, I know there's probably lots of people out there who would disagree with me. um, And it just really honestly depends on how you want to run your homeschool. However, I do feel like certain subjects, like I mentioned earlier, like math and English and reading, are subjects that really are better on grade level. Now, if you have two kids that are maybe just one grade level apart, you can certainly try and do some of that stuff together. But if they're any more than that, I really think it's important um, just mentally and maturity-wise for them to be able to do some of those things on their own grade level. So I do my best to balance 
the group activities with independent work. I think both have their place in a homeschool. Group activities certainly bring the togetherness and the bonding, and they make your life easier on how many subjects you're having to teach. But the independent studies also have their value, especially because kids need to be able to learn how to work independently without mom hovering over their shoulder or dad hovering over their shoulder telling them what to do every second of every day. They need to be able to sit down, see some work, read the instructions, and complete that work without someone watching over them. And so they're both, I think, important skills to have. And so I do my best to incorporate a balance of both into our homeschool day. So that is going to be it for today's episode. If you have any comments, questions, or ideas for an upcoming podcast, make sure to email me at podcast at confessionsofahomeschooler.com. You can also visit my website at www.confessionsofahomeschooler.com for more ideas. Thank you so much for joining me today and I will see you next time.